This WBEZ podcast is supported by Hacia, whose Executive Fellows Program provides Black and Latinx business owners with real-world tools and strategies needed to master fundamental management concepts related to company stability and growth. Registrants learn through one-on-one executive coaching sessions with subject matter experts in the areas of finance, business development, operations, and legal. More info at HACIAWorks.org. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset, your guide to local news and culture in Chicago and beyond. And today, we took Reset on the road. We ventured outside the studio today for a live broadcast on the iconic front steps of Chicago's Shedd Aquarium. We learned about efforts to protect our native plants, the unique biodiversity of Lake Michigan, and a major plan to transform the museum campus. But of course, no show at the Shed would be complete without meeting a few of the aquarium's animal ambassadors. So we checked in with animal care specialists Katie Majorowski and Charlie Jacobsma to meet two of their critters, Poblano, a green-winged macaw, and William, a red-footed tortoise. So these animals are so beautiful. I've never been this close to these animals in my life. Uh, so let's, let's talk about William, who's over there busy eating, what is that, a carrot? He has a sweet potato right now oh, it's a and sweet potato. a yellow pepper and some Swiss chard from our gardens, actually, and then some romaine lettuce today. Is that his usual diet? Typical diet, yeah. So he eats some fruits, some vegetables, lots of greens, um, and then he also gets some protein from time and time again. Is is William fully grown? I mean, he's huge he is, to me, to he, my you know untrained eye. <laughs> he's about eight pounds right now, so he is full grown. He is 24 years old. Typically, they live to be about 40 to 50, so he might get a little bit larger, but wow. not much larger than this. So is he? What is he? Gen Z. <laughs> Yes, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, let's talk, Charlie, ab- about Poblano here. I mean, he's so well-behaved. Right. She's pretty spectacular. So um, Poblano's actually 14 years old right now. 14. She, 14. But uh, believe it or not, that is very young for green-winged macaws. Uh, they can live 60 to 80 years. So they have quite a long lifespan. How did, uh, let's, let's talk more about our, our little friends here. How did Poblano get to the shed? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, all of our animals, we work with uh, different institutions all across the United States, and we really work to make sure that we're doing what's best for the animals that we have under our care and um, and what we can do to give them the the most success. So Pavano actually came to us about three years ago now with her sister um, from another facility, and oh. then she came to live with us, and her and her sister have been here ever since. I, I've heard macaws uh, that they mate for life. Is that, are these lovebirds? Yeah, well, I mean, right? I I always say every bird's a lovebird. (laughs) Um, So they can mate for life. They will mate for life. So it's not, um, sometimes every once in a while, you know, they'll kind of venture off to to another bird. But for the most part, they are going to be together. What's going to happen is there's going to be a male and a female that pair up together. She's waving. She's still waving. I talk with my hands a lot. So she's like, oh, yeah, hi, hi. She's mimicking what you're doing. (laughs) Exactly. but they do, so they'll mate for life, and then what's going to happen is you're going to have a male and a female that are going to pair up, and then really it's going to be a family after that. So it's going to be the older adults in the family that aren't quite sexually mature, and then you'll have some of the younger offspring, and that's kind of ah. the big social hierarchy that they're going to have together. And every every few seconds, she, she sort of shudders. Is she cold? She doesn't, no. So when we train animals, we do it in a, a bunch of different ways, and one of the ways we can do it is through capturing behavior, um, and that's basically when they offer something in the we let them know, yeah, good job. That's what we were looking for. So that behavior is a shake, and it's what one of the behaviors oh, it that looks was like a little shoulder shake. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. Those who can't you might see. be able to. Hear. Can you shake? 
Ooh. Oh, you probably heard it a little bit there. <laughs> yeah. So when she shakes, it kind of clean their feathers. They preen all the time. So they're going to look at their feathers. They're going to constantly make sure that they're in tip-top shape. shape. Um, our birds do fly. So they're free-flighted. We fly them out here right in front of shed. We fly oh, them really? all, around, yeah, all around the aquarium. So um, it's good for exercise. And you're sure that she's going to come back? That's one of the coolest things about working with an animal like this is that trusting relationship with her. So um, awesome. we, she wants to be with us. We make sure that we're super positive with her. And because of that, she does come with us all the time. So every once in a while, she might go to a tree and she might tear up a branch a little bit. But um, she <laughs> comes like, right back. To, come yeah, back. <laughs> she can come back here and she just comes right back to us. And what's she munching on right now? So she gets a bunch of different things. Um, she gets a whole bunch of different pellets every single day. So it's kind of like a dog food that's specifically for parrots. It's oh. all the essential nutrients that she needs. And then here I got a big walnut. Oh, she's getting excited about oh, it. She's she looking at it. You want that nut? Oh, so ooh. she'll take that. You'll probably hear her crack it a little bit. Put uh, it right up to the mic so our, our listeners can hear. She's taking a while. A there walnut. it goes. <laughs> so what she's going to do is she's going to move that nut around and she's going to find a, a nice little soft spot on it where she can crack it open. And then she'll get all the good stuff inside there. <laughs> Believe it or not, this is one of the most important things. They eat fruits and they eat nuts in the wild. And wow. what they're going to do is they're going to be seed dispersers. So they're going to move these, these seeds all over the place. They might eat some fruit in one area and then they'll fly over to another part of the rainforest and then they'll um, poop. And then when they poop, they're going to disperse those seeds. Seeds. Look at her just neatly taking everything out of the... <laughs> she loves it. That's her, awesome. The nuts are some of her favorite. So let's talk about William for a little bit here. He's, he's feeling neglected, I, I, I know. Well, look at him trying to get his sweet potato. He's going to knock it off the edge there. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Uh, what's, what's his story? How, how did he get to the shed? He actually came from another facility as well. So he came to us from a zoo near us, and he came to be a part of our ambassador program and really get to teach people about the Amazon rainforest, just like Poblano here, and teach people about those ecosystems and how important they are um, to our worlds. And, and the red-footed like how how many of these are, are around so there are uh, a lot of different tortoise species um, this one is particular to the Amazon rainforest and they actually have a close cousin in the Amazon rainforest called a yellow-footed tortoise which we have in our Amazon galleries inside okay. um, which you can see while you walk around shed um, but there are a lot of different tortoise species and all uh, turtles are or all tortoises are turtles but not all turtles are tortoises just a fun riddle for your day fun fact <laughs> <laughs> so so Katie you know, a lot of people, myself included, they might think about fish or beluga or, or penguins when they think of the shed, right? Yeah. But you do care for a lot of animals that don't live in the water. Talk about that. Yeah. So tortoises are really important for our ecosystems and the waterways. So they live along the Amazon River Basin, and they're really helping that Amazon rainforest. So they are seed dispersers, just like Poblano here. They eat a lot of different fruits and um, veggies and things like that, that they end up... Uh, William's walking here. So. Williams, William, we're on William watch. Yeah, William watch here. Um, William's like, all right, I'm lot, done. Yeah, they eat a lot of different things that are really important for that Amazon rainforest. And we have a lot of different animals that are all affecting the water. So all animals are connected to the water in some way, shape, or form, whether it be our Great Lakes here. We have a western fox snake who is native to our area who um, can show, like, hey, this is really important because they are affecting our populations of mice and rodents, and that in turn affects the waterways, too. So yeah. everything is connected in some way. And I want to correct something I said earlier before the break. There are actually 1,500 species of animals here, right? <laughs> Pabano's nodding, yes. Pabano's like, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, and these, so these creatures, they, they both came from South America? 
Yeah, so um, the Amazon rainforest, typically these, um, our animals here were born at different facilities, but typically they would be wow. found in South America along the Amazon River Basin. Let's talk more about food because I know it's almost lunchtime. <laughs> We've got folks here, it's almost noon. Uh, what, are, what are they eating on a regular basis? So sweet potatoes for, for William. He loves his sweet potatoes. He loves all of his fruits. So he gets some raspberries, some grapes, uh, blackberries, any type of fruit you can think of, they can pretty much eat. Um, lots of greens. So he has some romaine lettuce here, which he loves. It makes a nice crunching noise when he eats it too. It's really cute. Yeah. Um, and then he gets a lot of different veggies as well. The sweet potatoes are one of his favorite. Peppers are some of his favorite. Typically in the Amazon rainforest, they'll eat pretty much whatever they come across. They are just scavengers and they'll mm -hmm. eat whatever. Yeah. Um, um, so they'll eat some protein sources, some um, some carrion, which is some dead mice or some dead rodents that they might find, some insects, lots of moss, lots of greens, mm. pretty much anything. W what a diet. So there's nothing that's a no-no for, exactly. for William. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He'll eat it all. He will. And and how often do you feed him? Per he eats every day. So he gets a salad made for him every day. Um, he's getting a little bit of extra treats today just because, because he gets, he's, he's on the radio. He's on the radio. He's a star. <laughs> he's a very big star. So he's getting some extra stuff today but he does eat every single day a big prep salad all right poblana i hear you uh shaking over here uh, so talk more so walnuts for poblano yeah so she's going to eat a whole bunch of different um, nuts and and fruits all and veggies long. all day long they love them um one of the coolest things i think about the the green wing macaws is that they actually will eat clay which is really weird right clay. you wouldn't expect clay yeah so what they're going to do is on the side of the riverbeds they're going to eat these clay licks and and they're going to go to those clay licks to well, there's a couple of of leading hypotheses right now on exactly why they do that yeah. number one it could be because they do eat so many nuts and and seeds and some nuts and seeds have poisons in them that could give them a little upset yeah stomach. Um, so it could be like a detoxifier to kind of get rid of anything in their stomach. Um, talking about those animals that we were talking about with not being in the water, one thing that's cool is an animal like this, the, the farther away from the ocean you get, the less salt that's available in the environment, mm. which is kind of weird to think about, but also makes complete sense, right? Yes. Um, so with poblano here, which, that what we think is another reason is they might be getting other nutrients, like that salt that they're eating in the clay that they're not going to find in their diet. So without our water and our rivers working how they're supposed to work, these guys wouldn't be able to survive either. Yeah. Um, question from the crowd. Jess wants to know, how are these species or others at the shed threatened by climate change in the wild? That's, that's an excellent question. Um, so climate change is definitely one of those things that across the board, it's, every animal is so um, specific in what they need. The green-winged macaw is actually pretty lucky because they have a pretty widespread environment that they live in. But other animals and other macaw species have a little bit more of an, a niche and a um, yeah. a role that they have to play. So one thing with them, we talk about the rainforest and, and cutting down trees. Number one, the birds wouldn't have anywhere to live, um, but that's just gonna increase that that the heat. It called, it's called desertification. Yeah. Um, and what happens is where everything's gonna dry up and it becomes humid and it's not able to sustain life. Um, the rainforest in particular is so important for biodiversity and making sure that we are able to um, learn we've gotten so many medicines even just from the amazon so yeah. um what can are you talking a little poblano bit poblano wants to talk <laughs> she's laughing how do you like here. it here at the shed poblano she's like i love it oh she's kissing the mic i'm gonna say that's a good thing <laughs> <laughs> uh, how long have you been working with them katie i have been working with these two species for about five years now i believe it's been quite some time i've been at the shed for about eight years oh wow so 
Well, in, in the eight-year period, what where else have you I've, ventured? We had rescued dogs for a while, so I worked with our rescued dog cool. program, um, our penguin and otters, our sea lions currently, and then our birds of prey currently. What about you, Charlie? How long have you been working with Poblano and friends? Yeah, I've been with Poblano ever since she's been here. So I've been at Shed for about four years. Um, I worked at a couple other places before coming to Shed. Um, but I do have to say, I think Poblano is probably my favorite. Out of Not that we have favorite animals here at Shed, but um, she's pretty special. <laughs> and she waves. Yeah, right? She has she, a special she place in my that. heart. <laughs> That's cool. What, what's the best part of your job, Katie? Getting to make these connections with people every single day. I love bringing these animals out and really getting to talk to people and get to know people and see what they're passionate about. What's the most common question that folks ask you? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like we get... How old? How old is William? How old Quite is often. William? Yeah. <laughs> what about with uh, Poblano? Yeah, same questions. You know, um, I think people just, I mean, if you look at him, sometimes you have that wonder and awe. You just kind of stare at her and you're like, oh my gosh, she's beautiful. She's like a rainbow flying in the sky. Um, so I think that a big part of it is just any kind of anything that comes to their mind. And that's what we love here at Shed. We, we really want to just spark compassion, curiosity, and, mm -hmm. and conservation for the aquatic animal world. And this is such a cool way that we can do that and, and get people connected to the animals. Uh, I learned in my research that both of these species can make great pets. Is that true? They can if you have the proper um, things to take care of them and know how to take care of them. Reptiles can be tricky. Same okay. with birds. Um, you really like you have, have to have like a large tank for William. Absolutely. You need a lot of space. You need a lot of grassy area for William. And same with Poblano. You really have to know the expectations of owning these as pets. Um, I usually don't recommend it for people just because it is a lot of time and care. William can live up to 50 years. Poblano, 60 to 80. So you really have wow. to have that type of time commitment. That is, that is a lot of time. <laughs> uh, how many of the animals that you work with at the shed were born in captivity? That's a good question. Um, you know, it really depends on the different animals. So, like I said before, we work with these different organizations, yeah. and um, there's these things called SSPs, which are species survival plans. And we're looking at the, the social dynamics of animals. We're looking at um, what is the best for breeding to make sure that we have sustainable populations. So it really kind of varies. Um, there's also a lot that we're learning about these animals all the time. So all over the place, it's, it's something different. Yeah. Um, you know, both animals, macaws and tortoises, they face human-caused threats like habitat degradation and over collection mm -hmm. talk a little bit about how the work that you do helps protect their species from becoming extinct Absolutely. So it's more so just about educating the public and being able okay. to talk to people about these problems that they're having in the wild and being able to show them up close and personal these animals and having them look nature in the eye and be able to really understand the species. Yeah. Speaking of looking in the eye, Poblano keeps giving me <laughs> some serious eye contact here. Hey, girl. Yeah, definitely. Um, and talking earlier when we were talking about the the pet, these animals as pets, green wing macaws are one of the most common macaws as pets because they are they're called the gentle giant. They're very they're the second largest species of macaw. Clearly, they're beautiful. Um, but making sure that we're being smart about that, we don't want to have. And I mean, the the bringing birds in from the Amazon is not the best thing and when they get smuggled in it's not best for the birds a lot of times so really educating people if you do decide to bring an animal like in this this in what is the commitment that you're taking yeah um, and also where are you getting this animal from is it from a sustainable place because the most important thing is we need to protect those animals in their wild habitats and and make sure that um, we're gonna have them for years and generations to come yeah well you said William can live you know up to 50 years would he get much bigger or is that this eight is pretty, pounds, pretty much it. Typical size. They're okay. usually 8 to 12 pounds-ish. So he is on the smaller side for a red-footed tortoise, but they don't get much bigger. Yeah. He's made it to the lettuce. 
He has <laughs> lettuce from our gardens, actually. So Ooh. shout out to our oh agriculture my goodness. department. And here comes Poblano with a, a piece of corn. <laughs> <laughs> she likes to she likes to I'm hang sorry, out. This is a first for me. A bird just <laughs> chomping on corn of the corn on the cob. <laughs> she she does like to participate in the summer produce. So wow. um, you know, just like us buying food local and getting anything we can, she likes to get any kind of local produce that we got going on. So along oh my with goodness. our um, food that we got I from am the gardens. Out right now. <laughs> <laughs> she is. It, it looks a little messy if, um, for all of our friends that can't see her. Um, she's got actually some blackberries spread all over it. Oh, sorry. She just scored some <laughs> corn on you, too. <laughs> That's fine. I'll she's never wash this leg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So so uh, our listeners, uh, where can they see these guys? Can they see them anywhere else? Um, typically, they are out and about in the aquarium while we're open. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they do come out for special events like Jazzin. We are hosting Jazzin tonight. Ooh, cool. um, it's on Wednesday nights throughout the summer. So you can uh, potentially see some of these animals out and about at the aquarium. That is Shed Aquarium Animal Care Specialist Katie Majorowski and Charlie Jacobsma. Thank you both so much for introducing us to these beautiful creatures. <laughs> this was fun. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. It was a lot of fun. That's it for today's Reset. Stick with this podcast to stay up to date on the week's other top stories. We drop a new episode every weekday afternoon, sometimes on Saturdays, too. I'm your host, Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. Let's talk soon. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.